Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome back, rugby fans. Episode 138 of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show coming your way. My name is, of course, Ty the Saffer Braga. Joining me is Scott the Big Guy Ferrara and Rob the Hammer Hammer Schmidt. We are your team from the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. And today, as per usual, we got something special lined up. We're going to dive into Around the Pitch in a moment, sharing what we think is newsworthy from across the rugby realms. Following that, we're going to be asking the difficult question of the American Raptors, whether their season in 2023, their first foray at the Super Rugby Americas Cup, is it successful? What are the takeaways? We're going to dive into that and more through the course of this episode. So stick around. When we pick up the ball. We also pick up a legacy, a legacy that stretches beyond your current team, a legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work, and for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy, but we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. gentlemen around the pitch this is where we go once around the table twice if we had time to share with fans what we think they should learn about through rugby in the past week so i'm going to hand it over to you scott first well big week in rugby and the first thing i want to talk about is actually um you know a, a related to uh, the mlr uh, eastern conference uh, and it was reported that uh Old Glory coach uh, Josh Sims will be departing uh, to take up a contract in Zebra or with Zebra, um, becoming the uh, Italian forward new forwards coach. Um, it was confirmed by Hawks Bay Rugby Union. Um, you know, Sims was looking uh, or was supposedly going to rejoin the Magpies to coach in the Bunnings campaign after uh, the MLR season, and uh, is actually off to Italy. It's a two-year contract with Zebra. Um, you know that one of the things they need to focus on is their set piece, specifically their scrums. So it's no surprise that Josh Sims is going over there to become the forwards coach. Um, we obviously, you know, hope he has a successful campaign finishing out as the DC coach. And good luck on your future endeavors, coach. It looks it, I, to me, it, it might be one of those things where it looks doesn't look quite good because he's leaving after one season, but he's moving up, you know, to a be, you know better division of rugby into a better role, and it's you know, that's what you want out of your coaches, right? Yeah. You know, I want to build on that. I see it as a good thing. It means that somewhere else, a higher league, a better standard is looking at the the talent we have and going, wow, they've got some really, really great talent, not only on the field, but also adjacent to it, in this case, a coaching role. Uh, That's a leadership person that we want. So, yeah, Zebra competing in uh, the United Rugby Championship. Great honor. Wonderful. Wish him well. Tucker disagrees, by the way. I don't know if you heard him in the background there, but. (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. dog not happy not happy with your assessment <laughs> it's okay that would be one million uh, and more people too so <laughs> let's uh give it over to you rob what have you got to be able to share with us this time yeah on mlr news i just want to throw a, a big congratulations and shout out to another big guy who is a friend of the show and that would be larome white he reaches his 50th mlr cap 
He started with Seattle, uh, then went to Austin, and now he's playing for the Hounds. Uh, University of Louisville product. Really great to see him had a chance to meet his folks when they came to Chicago just a few weeks back and really enjoyed meeting with them. Just a, a genuine man, a good guy, one hell of a rugby player, and a tremendous friend of the show. Meeting his parents, it's pretty clear where he got uh, his his ethics and code and, and moral standing from because they are tremendous people. So big shout out, Rome. We love you, brother. And we continue to hope you continue to do good things. Right. And and for anybody who needs faith in the prop life, just check the videos of Lerone yeah. doing his thing. The fastest prop. The prop wing. Right? It's a new position in rugby. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so uh, let me take the honors here on the next piece, and I'm going to turn our attention to uh, PR7s. We recently had the opportunity to be able to have Owen Scannell, the CEO of PR7s, join us and talk more about their upcoming events for the 2023 calendar. Uh, and it certainly offers great entertainment value, um, a wonderful chance to be able to grow the sport, not only for men, but for women in particular. And that's where I want to be able to highlight because they're continuing to be able to share their uh, their rosters. The most recent one that's been revealed is the headliners. We see a few familiar names from the MLR, Rosh Depperschmidt, Tommy Clark. These are names that are now playing yeah. their tribe professionally. Uh, they're crossing over into the sevens realm. It's not you know uncommon, but it's great to be able to see that talent that we already know and are familiar with in a different area. And for the ladies, the headliners there, you've got Naya Tapa there, uh, Abby Gestatis, you've got got a long list of, of achievers, and that's going to make one of the top contenders for the PR7's title. It's going to be exciting format. Make sure if you want to learn more that you check out that interview with Owen Scannell. We recently had that on the Run, Parcel, Kick interviews. Great chance to learn more about the insights of what led to it and the successes that will come from this season. And uh, on that note, uh, we hand it back to you, Scott. So real quick, I'm going to talk about what happened uh, for uh, Super Rugby Americas, which is actually going to be our topic as we flow into our rant. Um, and the American Raptors come up with their second win of the season, uh, being the Brazil Cobras 38-34. to um, The Raptors are actually down at halftime, 29-26, coming back to win, and thus not getting the wooden spoon. The Cobras are the wooden spoon winners of Super Rugby Americas. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Raptor season coming up soon. So I'm not going to, I'm going to kind of end it there, but good job not being That's in the, the little winners. teaser there from, from, from Scott. And, and just for folks who, who not uh, have seen the show enough or for the, and for those who are familiar, very seldom do we get Scott to top stop talking about stuff. So absolutely. <laughs> very, very um, Rob, back to you, my friend. We always know that if you watch the show, I love to talk about, uh, development rugby, whether it's, you know, middle school or high school or even into the college ranks, because again, that's the lifeblood and, and, you know, our, our world cup efforts in the future are going to depend upon our ability to develop uh, the next generation. So I just want to touch upon something happening here in Illinois, rugby, Illinois, it has its state championships. It'll be this weekend, uh, actually on Sunday, just after this episode releases just a little bit of a preview. We had some tremendous semifinals, both D1, D2 uh, boys, um, LaSalle avenged an earlier season loss to a top-ranked Nico Valley team, 28-21. Uh, so they put themselves through to the final. They will be playing um, Glen Ellen Ducks, who had a great match, interesting match, 19-17, uh, very close. 
Patty Ryan from the Hounds, actually the head coach of New Trier, um, uh, and my own progeny helping out the Ducks. The Ducks will face off against uh, La Salette, so that'll be an interesting final at the D1 level. Um, and that'll be live stream, by the way. Uh, we'll put it out on the Rugby Rant just um, so, you know, again, anybody wants to catch up with it can. At the D2 level, you've got the uh, interesting matchup that's going to lead in the finals, but you had the Chicago Lions Academy beating um, the uh, La Salette um, JV squad, 57-24. Um, the CRC um, Academy uh, beat um, Fox Valley 35 to uh, 33 in a tight match. Um, it's going to set up an interesting final there because you have two of the premier division one uh, men's club programs in, in Chicagoland. Uh, the CRCs are, are associated with the Griffins. Uh, the Lions, of course, are associated with the Lions. And uh, they're going to be scoring off the D2 final. So it should be a really good final. And again, um, that's going to be Chicago Blaze rugby pitch June 4th on Sunday. Should be awesome. And they also have some Midwest or sorry, some middle school uh, matches happening earlier all day, all rugby, all Sunday. Should be great in Rugby, Illinois. Sounds like a good Sunday to us. So let me take the opportunity to dive into the last and final piece before we head into the rant. Uh, and I'm staying on the on the topic of development and stretching a little bit outside of the, uh, uh, the, the, that realm there. And we're going to talk U23 in particular, ladies. U23 uh, Women's Eagles has been identified, uh, has identified 26 players to be able to make up their traveling squad. They're going to head down to South America in uh, what is known as the America's uh, Rugby Trophy. And that'll give them an opportunity to compete against our South American counterparts, Chile and Brazil. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful chance for us to be able to identify the next generation of players to be able to test our medal against those. They'll be competing against their national senior sides, though. So we We've got a development team competing against national sides from those counterparts. Um, so it really will stretch them in, in, in depth and it will also push them in physicality. Uh, these are the type of things and the tests that you want to be able to give a younger side um, because, of course, those are going to be the players that will be eligible for the, uh, our, our next uh, uh, opportunities at Higher Honors World Cups. We wish them well. They're going to be traveling down there June 3rd to 7th to be able to compete in their first matchup. If you wanted to be able to tune in and catch it live, you can do so through the YouTube channel of Brazil Rugby. That is B-R-A-S-I-L. Of course, the tradition to be able to type it that way, not um, as we know it with Z. So check it out. Make sure that you, of course, follow them. Wonderful talents. Next Generation, continue to be a part of uh, supporting them because they will very, very well be on the main stage sooner rather than later. There you have it, rugby fans. Around the pitch, as you know it, we deliver it each and every week. Welcome to episode 138, and we're going to be back in a moment after we hear a few words from one of our partners talking more about American rugby in particular, the American Raptors, successes, and the story of 2023. What do we think here? We'll find out in a moment. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. 
Tight End is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tight End's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tight Head can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tight Head Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tight Head, it's worth more than a try. gentlemen we're back and we're talking about the american raptors now for fans who are not familiar with their success record and their story it begins with really it's kind of a long story i'll try to be able to sum it up very quickly for fans but the american raptors were previously the colorado exo uh previous to that they were the raptors um the colorado raptors glendale raptors they're a long history they're home is in Denver, Colorado, in particular Glendale inside Denver. And uh, they're their home to, to the rugby program there. They recently became a part of the very first season of Super Rugby Americas. And that came from Slaw. Now that you know the history of it, we're going to talk about their season here with Rob and, of course, Scott. We're going to debate their story, its success, the trials and tribulations that they have seen through the 2023 season with one ultimate question, has it been successful? So with that in mind, we turn our attention to Rob first as he has the floor. The obvious answer for me is absolutely. And I look for three reasons. The first of which is this. In 2020, Ty touched briefly upon it. Uh, the Raptors pulled out of what was a competition they were involved in and, and very competitive in that being major league rugby. Um, and ever since that point for almost three seasons, they had been looking for a competition to join. And so the fact that they found a competition to join, they didn't get the wooden spoon as Scott mentioned earlier. Uh, so there's they're competitive um, and, and is, is an absolute success. You've got to judge it that way. Uh, speaking of, uh, successes. I mean, results, yes, they're two and 10, but arguably, I mean, like there are MLR teams that are struggling to get that kind of, uh, you know, a better performance in that. I mean, the Hounds have struggled to get, you know, they've been knocking on the door two victories. Um, you've got uh, Dallas, who's who's just got their second victory. You've got Toronto that's struggling. So it's not like you don't have MLR teams that are struggling to 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 get those results because they are. Um, what I think is interesting is, is, um, they beat Seltonham 26-22. Uh, they avenged an earlier loss um, in which they played actually in, um, you know, uh, they played away, right, uh, yeah. earlier in the season. And the same with the Cobras, which are the Brazil team. They beat them 38-34. They right. played in Brazil uh, where they lost. They came back to avenge that. Um, they only really had three blowouts. Uh, where they were truly outclassed, um, 22.63 points by uh, the Pompous, and then um, against Seltonham early at 35 points. So, you know, results-wise, we've seen similar results happen in the MLR, and we don't ask the same question of some of those MLR teams. So I think you got to say it's it's successful there. And and right. finally, um, you know, uh, um, they they switched their philosophy, yes, 
but they still have an American focus. They went from being a crossover team, but they stuck with that American focus principle that took them in part out of the MLR. Um, and, you know, they've got televised matches on ESPN+. Plus. Um, so you got to look at those pieces as, you know, success. They remain true to, to, to the rational reason why they got into the MLR and eventually pulled out of the MLR. Uh, and they still have, you know, uh, a, a, a national and international broadcast um, right. So by all means, my mind, yes, successful. I like it. And, you know, you gave a lot of great info there. And I want to help fans digest some of that. First off, you said that they were competitive on the field and they had to do so pretty quickly to be able to field a quality team. They certainly had to be able to raise their standard. The Colorado XO, which is the precursor, identified American athletes from a variety of sports across the U.S. landscape and taught them rugby in many cases for the first time. Many of those players were retained because they had proven to be able to be a part of the squad legitimately. But, of course, to be able to reach that standard, they had to bring in other talent too. Bringing the, the meshing that together doesn't happen immediately overnight, as you pointed out. Were there a couple of blowouts? Sure. But there were a lot of closer calls. One that Rob pointed out successfully, and I'm glad you did, was Selkin. And the significance of that should not elude fans. They are previous champions of its precursor, which was the Slaw, their championship team in this competition, even before this competition was formed. Of course, it would be, became known as the Super Rugby Americas with the addition of, of an American component, right? So yeah, really good highlights. They're competitive on the field. They had to mesh these players together. And I also wanted to be able to send a shout out, and I hope I'm not stepping on, on, on the toes of Scott, but I am passionate about the subject. Having seen this evolution as an announcer at Rugby Town, Line Latu gets a, gets a, a nod for uh, uh, to join the USA uh, uh, camp. You know, you've got uh, several names that I'm probably not thinking of all of them here, but there's at least two that I think have been identified to join the camp. So certainly there are talents there. It takes time to gel, but they're providing a quality product on and off the field, the production top notch provided on US, uh, sorry, and ESPN plus in both English and Spanish commentary, which is great because now what are we doing? We're exploring new avenues to share the American game with audiences across the world. So thank you very much, Rob. Great opening rant. Let's hand it over to Scott. Open field, my friend. Um, you know, I think I would classify it as successful. And and when we look at the background of, of, as Rob talked about, or as Ty talked about the evolution of, of rugby in Glendale, um, you know, you have to realize they went from their crossover program to going into, to super rugby Americas. And in my opinion, though, it kind of felt the announcement felt rushed. Now we're not behind the scenes, so we don't know if this was something that was ongoing negotiations or this, that, and the other thing. But if I correct me if I'm wrong, they had a bunch of teams drop out of Super Rugby Americas, and then Glendale was announced as one of the teams. But it had always yeah, been one team back- was unable to join them, yeah. which was Columbia due to financial reasons. Yeah. And we know that it had always been uh, in the ether that the American Raptors were going to join Super Rugby Americas at some point. So I wonder if that timeline was pushed up because Columbia didn't have, you know, their finances in order, which happens, right? Um, so, you know, two wins out of their whole schedule, to me, that's successful. You had a program when you were trying to create crossover athletes to become Eagles, and you have you had some good successes with that with 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 a couple guys, including Caleb Geiger. I mean, you take Caleb Geiger, who never mm-hmm. played rugby. He had one year with the Raptors. He now has 
two years with Rooney, one, two, three, two and a half years with Rooney, actually um, right. being called up by the Eagles. I know Scott Lawrence was looking at him the, the times he came over, not only at hooker, but also now a tight head prop. Um, you know, so I, I, I mean, just their cross, if, if we got Caleb Geiger to go from never playing rugby to legitimately being on the Eagles, um, and let's be honest, you know, he's, he's pushing to take somebody's spot that has been playing rugby for a long time. Um, so there, there is something that, that, that crossover thing does work in a, in a, in certain instances, but then you take that program and you say, okay, I want to develop it to, to make these teams play some of these teams essentially down in South in the Southern central and Southern America are national teams, right? You know, they, it's everybody on the Columbia national team is going to play on Columbia. You know, most people are going to, you know, play on the, the, the Pumas, you know, things like that. So, you know, Brazil, most of the Brazilian team is going to play on the Brazilian team, except for guys like, you know, Wilton Robolo, who's going and playing in Western force. Right. So the disadvantage is not having all the Eagles coming together to play those teams consistently, but you're breaking into rugby across continents and getting guys who aren't getting looks in the MLR to get actual looks and see where they're at. And we see fruit of that as guys are being selected for this 54 man Eagle squad. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think MLR and super rugby Americas with Glendale being a team and maybe having even a second team go over there can coexist. My question is again, I don't know. What are they doing financially? It's a big financial burden to have nine or 10 matches down in South America. And don't get me wrong. It was, it's a really valuable experience for those guys to learn. So that way, when they do get the call up to the Eagles, it's not foreign to them of, of going and applying their trade uh, in, in different places for extended weeks of time and playing on and playing and practicing on pitches that they're not used to and getting that schedule, right? We talk about professional schedule. So they're getting it and they're getting it a little more in my opinion than the MLR teams because they're going international, but, what is that doing to them financially? And on the reverse side, is it sustainable for these South American countries to come up to America and play at some points? If we're already seeing some of these countries not in super rugby America. So I think it will continue to grow. I think it'll be a little more, um, uh, uh, won't be as exponential growth as there will be in the MLR as we're, as we're starting to see with new teams. But I do think Super Rugby Americas is going to grow. I do surmise that in the next five years, there'll be at least another team or maybe a Canadian team in it, right? And with the first year coming in and just kind of throwing it at the guys and, and saying, let's go out and do what we could do to win season, some of those blowouts were actually close via halftime. Um, and then they got blown out yeah. in the second half, which you know is, is an MO of the Eagles, to be quite honest. Um, so mm-hmm. I think it was a successful campaign. I think... Um, you know, next year, the guys are going to be a little different. I'm sure you're going to see some guys from the MLR move over to the Raptors and vice versa. You're going to see some crossover depending on what guys want to do. And I think we're going to just continue to be a, a successful team and grow uh, incrementally season by season. Excellent. Excellent stuff from, from you, Scott. I, and again, like I did with Rob, I want to rewind to some of those things and pull them out and really flush out some of the important points there so fans can recognize the it. You brought up a really solid point, though, that um, like where are they getting their funding from? And I want folks to be able to understand that this isn't really a commercial venture. It's not the MLR. It's it's not a business. Right. It's it's a it's really an opportunity to be able to channel your funding given to you uh, to be able to create a pathway that leads to one team. So you highlighted this a moment ago. If you're playing for Brazil, you probably play for their for the for the uh, the, the, the their 
a team in Super Rugby, um, Chile, um, you know, all of these teams. And, and now for Argentina, they might actually have a couple, right? Because they have Jaguares that competed in Super Rugby at its highest level. They disbanded. Now they've got the Pampas. You've got the Cobras. You've got all these other teams. So really what it means is, is that all roads lead to that team if you're professional in that country. We don't have that in the U.S. because we've got the MLR as, as the, the professional domestic league that's been dominant until now. But imagine if we had all of more USA eligible players at the highest level playing at that there. Because really, what does that mean? I'll, the reason we are not competing in this year's Rugby World Cup as the United States is because we weren't good enough to beat Chile and Brazil. Mm-hmm. Right? And why? Because all their talent is driven in one direction. But here's hold on. I just want to counter because yeah, the difference being if you see the other professional leagues across the pond, and you're looking at URC, and you're looking at you know Premiership, and even though the Premiership, some of the teams are having some woes, which isn't a a a thing about the league as much as it's about individual ownership, which we've mm-hmm. already seen those woes in the MLR, right? Right. We can't if we took and just said, let's just say MLR, we're going we're gonna to put all of our resources in, in the American Raptors. Do you know what that does? That takes the player pool from the entire country down to friggin' 50 dudes. Yeah, and, and I'm not suggesting that's no, the no, 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 I'm just, I'm just putting that as, a, as yeah. a, uh, an example of the, the way we win as, as Americans is having the base from coast to coast, Hawaii, Alaska, all the way right. down to Florida and Puerto Rico, right? Is is because we could take those uh, those conglomerate of people that are great athletes and put them in a sport and and teach them from from the ground up. So I, all I'm saying is it's great for those smaller countries to do that, mm-hmm. but I think for us as a whole, that's not the system we want to go about to right. get our international. Because team you, you, you know, you might have let's say, I don't even know how many players are actually on their roster that are permanent for the Raptors, but let's imagine it's 35, 37, whatever the number is, right? That are permanent. Um, and, that's a very small sample of the American rugby playing community, right? So you would be missing. Your net isn't cost wide enough. You need the MLR and you need the the Raptors to be able to do this job. They're doing it in different ways, but they're both trying to achieve the same goal is to give, give players the opportunity to play professionally. And then the secondary and tertiary benefits come through for that, but that's not their, their, their responsibility. Right. But I, I did also want to be able to highlight that, that uh, Scott, you, you mentioned that, you know, the results haven't been there. They're in the second half. They've been, you know, um, it, it challenged. They tend to lose a little bit of momentum. I went back and looked at some of the stats that they had. One of the things that stood out for me is that the final 10 of the first half and the first 20, so that 30 minutes of play right in the middle, is where they gave away the most amount of points in all of their play through the season. Discipline was an issue. This is not uncommon when you have players being introduced and are still fairly new to the game and a team that is yet to find its cohesion. 22 cards were actually given out uh, through the course of their season just to them. Um, And of those cards, 21 of them were yellow and one red card. So clearly discipline could have changed the course of many of those games. And that's the results. So there's still a lot of rugby for them to learn. There's still a young team. There's still a lot of cohesion there. What do you gentlemen think? I'll hand it to you, Rob, first. What do I think? Well, I think that 
that's the value of actually going up against international competition for young players is that they get an opportunity to, as Scott mentioned, go abroad and actually play in some hostile environments. You know, I've talked to, we've had Dave Fee talk about his experience playing in Mexico City and playing in, you know, Montevideo and just uh, having a, a calculator chucked at him. Uh, from the crowd in one particular game, have batteries thrown at them. Uh, they can be very hostile environments. So it's it's important, you know, under pressure that our young players learn how to play in those type of environments. Because quite frankly, um, in in qualifying tournaments for the World Cup, uh, you're going to have to play a home and away series. We're going to have to get used to that and get comfortable with that. But the other value, and, and, as well as uh, traveling abroad and and being in a in a training environment. Um, but the other value is learning how to to adapt and play to various types of officiating. We know that officiating isn't the same, you know, in the U S as it is in Europe and, right. and Southern hemisphere. And, we yeah. Know we traditionally talk about it even from hemisphere to hemisphere. Yeah. I mean, just something as simple as, uh, you know, passing, we know that the Southern hemisphere is more apt to allow flatter passes and yep. even questionable passes that most of us look with the naked eye on TV and go, Whoa, that's a little suspect uh, over you know, Northern Hemisphere officials. So something as simple as that. Uh, so I think for me, there's some value in 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 traveling and experiences uh, and experiencing those um, rugby opportunities uh, as as a clear value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Scott, I'm going to throw it to you. If you're a fan now, paying attention and tuning in and learning about the Raptors and their effort for the first time now. Why should they pay attention to it next season? Well, again, we want to talk about competitiveness of rugby and, and not that every game is competitive, but you can look at the MLR schedule and say not every game is competitive. We can, we have, we can have these wild swings and it could be due to attrition. Rugby is a game of attrition. But I think if you really want to look at as a fan and you're, and you're new to this thing is, is really, again, going into places that we don't traditionally see teams play and watch and play because a lot of these teams now have streams. And you can watch these streams on YouTube for free, right? So, you know, I think it's it's one of those things where you want to support USA Rugby. You can support the MLR and you can support the American Raptors. And that's how you support US Rugby, right? That's how you support the guys who might be selected, those 54 guys that Scott Lawrence selected for this, this next camp. And the other thing is, if you want to really take a look at guys that might not be on the radar as a fan, you know, I'm, there's plenty of guys. Max Dacey is one of them. I, I still, mm-hmm. it's still hard to believe that he isn't, hasn't found a place in the MLR, right? You can't teach height. He's like six, eight. If you look at the amount of locks we have just on the Eagles squad, you know, if you, if you take out guys like Nick Chavetta, Nate Brakely, um, um, Greg Peterson, um, because of their age, right? Cause they're starting to get up there in age. There's not many young guys who have that height. I mean, the only one I can really think of right now, Charlie Hewitt is, is is on the block, and he's really the only proper sized lock. Mac Dacey is a proper sized lock. He's going to get a chance at some point. You know, he he's Eagle eligible. He was born here. He played in the MLR. Um, so again, it's it's looking at players that you might not get a look at at some point. Mm-hmm. And if you if you watch what's happening now with USAR since Scott Lawrence has has taken that interim job, what are they doing when they're doing these Falcons teams? They're splitting them up, right? And they're creating a 30-man Falcons team that went to Europe or South Africa and a a 30-man Falcons team that went to South America, and they split the squad. And you're going to have guys who are going to be on those Falcon teams that aren't going to get to that senior Eagle squad, and that's okay. 
Yeah. But you're getting them the experience to say they might be part of the 54 man squad and not get paired down to the 30 man squad, but them in practice and them going through selection process is going to make the other guys better because now they have the international experience. And if we can continue to do that on the professional side, which is something we see not happening, let's say in, in England, right? You know, those guys are only playing like the MLR, right? In the premiership, they're playing over here, they're playing over there. They're not moving internationally. But if you see the URC guys who are kind of moving internationally as they're going through, going down to South Africa, now the South South Africa team's coming up. I'm you're seeing a better um, style of play on those international teams versus England who has, who seems to have this stagnant offense now. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think if you, if you use that as the projection and what, what it could be, you could see that it's just going to help USAR, and as the fan, that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And in that diversity, that different style, the different coaching styles, all of that, that you learn how to adapt to it, it's only going to make you better. And obviously being able to use it at higher levels too. Um, and, and as you say, it, it enriches the rugby pool as well. You know, standouts that I think of, and I mentioned this name before, Line Latu, uh, Sergio Luna, uh, Ryan James, a player that wasn't that was actually playing in the MLR with the Giltinis, didn't get as much game time as we would have liked to have, well, as much as I would like to have seen, right? But now taking a, a spot in, in Super Rugby Americas has done phenomenally well. We expect to be able to see him go on uh, to be able to get uh, on as elsewhere too. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, and as a rugby fan, you want to be able to, to, to uh, consume as much rugby as possible, but you also want to see a variety. You don't want to see the same thing every time you turn on the TV. So I love it. Super Rugby Americas is definitely a place for fans to be able to enjoy the flavor of South America with the American twist. Uh, so it's a great place to be as a rugby fan. It's a great place for us to be able to venture into as, as a rugby-loving uh, nation. So, uh, Rob, I hand it back to you. You've got a question? I want, hey, I want to make one caveat. Okay. The Raptors, can you please take a suggestion and change your jersey colors? I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't like they, the old school feel to it? There, oh, there's nothing attractive. Like, you know me, I'm a jersey guy. I love yeah. different jerseys. I, you know, I don't mind, you know, the, the pink and the black and the yeah. sea foam and, and, you know, all that stuff. But man, those browns and blues and uh, kind of dull reds. Nothing flattering. <laughs> not flattering at all. You got to you gotta do something to attract the view. Yeah. And, and I'm a fan of the old Raptors stuff that they had when they were in the MLR. I loved it, right? I had these like, yeah, Raptors around wings. I mean, I've got one. That's just the front of the home jersey. But the away jersey was even better. And, uh, and, and the originality, this kind of like, it took a step away from that. And sure, I get that. You do want to do that, right? But how how far can you step away from it when you still got the Raptors name in it? Right. And and, and I would and I would I would put this other caveat is they do have the step up on the merch side because they really oh, only yeah. have one jersey available. They have you know they have both jerseys available. They have one shirt, supporter shirt available in youth and 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 I think women and men's. I think the, you just gotta step up a little bit on the merch side. It doesn't have to be a lot. But again, that's how you kind of plug the team. The only thing I do like, I do like that that tan color they kind of use uh-huh. um, is is a little bit different instead of the standard white. You know, they're. Uh, but I do understand what you're talking about when you're talking about. I think it's more of the pattern, not necessarily yeah. the colors. In my opinion, Rob, it doesn't pop on a, on a, on a field, yeah, like, especially pop. when they're going down south, and the field is dry and it looks yellow. The shirt starts to look the same color. 
But I think we could use that to 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 an advantage because if 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 you look at that's not you know we talk about MLR teams and their color schemes right and how many people are going to be red and black. Well, that tan color is not a color generally used. And especially if you're playing in Glendale, which isn't going to have that problem, and you're on the bright green pitch at Glendale, which we know is is very well maintained, the contrast is there and it looks good. But you're right. If you're going down to places and maybe the 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 pitch um, um, is not up to par, you know, or due to conditions, weather conditions, it's looking a little a little gray. Yeah, it's not going to look as good. So again, I think it's in my opinion, Rob and Ty, it's more of pattern, less of color. True. I think they can make it work. I like it. That's why we always like to be able to have these rants, right? Because the difference in opinion helps us to be able to see the other side and enlightens us a little bit more. So I think the other thing we also needed to be able to back next week with Queer Eye for the Rugby Guy. (laughs) Man, hold on to that. That could be a good show. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I also, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, we took a lot of time to be able to talk about the successes of uh, the first season for the Raptors in Super Rugby Americas, but we didn't really give proper opportunity to also highlight the fact that Super Rugby Americas itself in its inaugural season can be considered a success. You know, it's broadcast, it's reach, um, it's it's premise, all of that delivered. And the, the level of competition was great. Yes, it had a solid foundation to be able to build upon, but as a young league with Salah, and for those who aren't familiar, was think of it as basically the South American version of the MLR. But even though there were domestic sides, there was only one side represented from each nation, as we pointed out before, making it almost an international competition. Um, so, yeah, we can consider that a success. Well, and and consider, consider the, sorry to interrupt, Ty, but consider, yeah. too, the fact the Hawks were able to play some games against some of those teams. So the fact that That's the league true. doesn't have that – it isn't so rigid that it allowed for some flexibility for the USA side to get some young bucks. And in it, there. it, right. builds, it builds that relationship. And the other thing is, and this is something I forgot to talk about when I originally was you know, saying my point was you didn't hear about any of the visa issues that sometimes come in with playing rugby and, and not, you know, I think it's a lot easier to go into some of the Southern American countries to apply the trade of rugby because they understand it. We know there's some issues coming into the United States, from from people from you know south the southeast and stuff like that, but but even going into Canada, you see MLR teams who have Polynesian players coming from Samoa and Fiji, and they go to play Toronto in Toronto, and that they're got they got their guys can't go. But what you didn't see was you didn't see this big kind of turnover of guys who couldn't get a visa to go play down there, right? So I think that's something um, to the point of growing the game and how that hopefully if we're growing the game in South America, the issue of professional rugby in America having visa issues should change because they should be looking at the South American countries and say, look at what they're doing to, to get through this process. And what yeah. do we need to do on this side to get through this process? Yeah. Logistically, we're learning a lot of great things, right? There's some valuable insights and you pointed out one area, which is visas, which is notoriously difficult for any nation. Right. But, but some people may not realize that actually, Americans will need visas to every location they visit while playing, right? Because it's a work visa. So yeah, it goes both ways. Whereas traditionally we've only experienced it with them, with the MLR coming into play and apply their trade in the US. We've never had to do it the other way around. So yeah, a solid point there. And of course they do have the backing of a really great organization through Glendale who have years of experience. They're among the uh, the great organizations and homes of rugby. So they've been doing it for a long time. They've learned a lot of these trials and tribulations. They've overcome those challenges. And what 
actually helped them set up this opportunity to your point earlier of how it came about that they would join Super Rugby Americas was the Challenge Cup of the Americas. And they asked Selkham and Penarol to be able to come over, compete against the American Raptors. I was fortunate enough to be a part of that experience. Um, and the score lines weren't flattering. No, but that was not the goal. The goal was to be able to show proof of concept. And who are the other partners that were joining there or at least invited to be able to experience it was Mexico and Canada. They're the two that we've not yet seen compete. So don't be surprised in next year's edition to be able to see even more sides representing even more nations. And that's another reason to be able to tune in as a rugby fan, because that is going to provide even greater opportunity to grow American rugby players to become the elite. Gentlemen, I think that we've taken the opportunity to be able to share what we think here when it comes to the American Raptors. We'll leave the rest to the fans who have been paying attention to what we do here. And you can continue to be able to follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. Tell us what you think about the American Raptors story for 2023. Do you believe what we say to be true or do you have a difference in opinion? We welcome it. In fact, we encourage it because that's what we love is to be able to continue the conversation about the game we all enjoy here together. And here on the Rugby Rant, we aim to grow rugby one fan at a time. We do that week after week with your help and the help of our partners. Uh, on behalf of myself and the team, of course, joining me is Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, Rob, the hammer, Hammerschmidt, and my name is Ty, the Safa Braga. We'll continue to do this week after week with your help. So I'll say for now, we'll see you at the next. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.